flooring is showing its age or you just are ready to make a change, come see what's new and exciting at Carpet Design. Every Saturday from 10 to 3, take 20% off on flooring in the warehouse. Large selection too, free estimates, 643 Riverside Street, Carpet Design. Shan Foster with the Country Pet Inn talks about dog training and behavioral issues that dog owners may be experiencing. If the dog's not listening to you consistently and with distractions, it's not trained. And most people say, well, my dog's trained. It can sit, it downs, it comes when I call it. Well, what about when Joe Squirrel runs by? What about when that semi comes by honking its horn? Well, those are the things that I train for in real life. Most of the time, it's all through basic obedience. Now, by doing that, you take care of a lot of the behavioral issues shyness issues, aggression issues, possession issues. When you put that dog in that mode or the dog understands its role, a lot of those things go away. Whether your dog has obedience issues where it doesn't listen to you or come to you when you call it, stealing food from the table, excessive barking, aggression issues, you name it, we'll work together to solve it. I help people understand their dog. I'm very fond of that. If you want to get a hold of me, go to countrypetin.com or call 674-8582. This is Alicia Cox with Harker Mellinger, LLC. Since 1983, Harker Mellinger has been a leading accounting firm in Sheridan. We are here to help you succeed in your business and provide services which are customized to meet your financial needs and allows you to spend more time managing your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions, 672-0785 in Sheridan. Harker Mellinger, our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. Fox Sports Radio is back in Sheridan every weekend on 106.3 FM. Tune in to the best sports lineup in the nation all day Saturday and all day Sunday on Sheridan Media Smart Talk 106.3 FM. The Fox Sports Weekend lineup brings you all the sporting news and controversial conversations from coast to coast. Don't miss Fox Sports Radio all weekend, every weekend on Sheridan Media's 106.3 FM. We are Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits brings you this historic moment as told by Dr. Will Frackleton. About the time he created the first reenactment of the big fight at the Little Bighorn, he hired actual Native Americans and used actual cavalry from Sheridan's National Guard. Well, when that bugle sounded, the charge, the Native Americans and the real soldiers got right into the fight for real. In the end, Dr. Frackleton had to buy the reservation several steers and announce the chief to be the winner again. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits, carrying on the legacy of Dr. Will Frackleton. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, this morning, we are joined by the mayor of Sheridan, Rich Bridger, and the chief of Sheridan Fire and Rescue, Gary Harnish. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, good morning, Floyd. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. Good morning. Happy to be here. Uh, Chief, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, this is the first time you and I have had the opportunity to meet. I've uh, seen your names and stories that Ron Richter's written quite a few times. Uh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure, sir. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And again, thank you. Now, uh, where'd you grow up, Chief? So I actually grew up in Sheridan, Wyoming, uh, class of 1988, Sheridan Bronx. Uh, just town I've grown up in and, and always enjoyed being here. Was it, was it like an agricultural upbringing? 
No, I, I, I lived within the city, but I actually had aspirations of being a large animal veterinarian as a child, so maybe somewhat agricultural. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, what inspired you? What changed those aspirations? What inspired the firefighter? Well, it's, it's, it's a long story, but I'll try and make it short. I, I briefly left the community to go to college, um, ended up getting married after that, working in a gold mine in South Dakota, and became in, involved in the mine rescue team with the mine and then in the the small community of spearfish at the time it was a small community about 4,000 people I was involved with their ambulance service due to becoming an EMT for the mine rescue team got involved with their fire department looked for a way to come back home and serve my community and the fire department here seemed like a great fit and I was fortunate enough when I was able to get hired in 1997 I still had five generations of my family living in Sheridan so it's just it's home yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lineage right here. Yes. Legacy. Uh, so that's uh, now. What would you say is the greatest challenge of being the chief of Sheridan Fire and Rescue? Maybe, maybe it's not a challenge that you face every day, but one that uh, you overcome often. Well, well, I think the biggest challenge we're facing right now is the growth of our community. Um, we've seen rap- rapid growth, a rap- rapid increase in need for service, and trying to you know maintain fiscal responsibility with meeting the needs of the public. <clears throat> so walking that tightrope of, do we have enough people? Do we have enough equipment? Do we do we have what we need to meet the needs of the community, and, and maintain for the safety of our firefighters at the same time? Absolutely, uh, and is that kind of just a balancing act there's really no way to know or or is there like a quota or a number or a goal that you have in mind well there, there you know there's lots of statistics that come into play um national standards on response times um the number of times that we're on one call and we get another call uh, so there's many statistical things that we look at as we try and make these decisions and have our conversations with Marin council and and continue to move forward with having a department that can meet the needs of the community as it continues to grow. Now, I know uh, it's it's spring break, and a kiddo might be listening out there who would love to become a firefighter or an EMT. What advice would you give them? I mean, this is a career that you've been doing for quite some time. Well, the, I guess one of the interesting things to me is I, I probably didn't understand what the job was as, as much as I thought I did. Um, I was somebody in high school that, you know, I made it through school. I wouldn't say I actually enjoyed it. Uh, if you decide to become a firefighter or an EMT, be prepared to spend your career either learning or teaching. You are continually in a classroom setting. So if your goal is to become a firefighter EMT or a firefighter EMT, both, uh, concentrate on that education. Don't think you're never going to use math. Don't think you don't need your biology and sciences. All of that stuff comes into play, and you better enjoy learning and continuing to learn forever. <laughs> yeah, because that's something that you're always going to be doing. And when someone, you know, especially the little ones, when they sit around and they think about firefighter, you're on the hose. You're on the engine. Right. It's, it's action, action, action all the time. But uh, to become so proficient, not just in that, but saving lives and, and being able to understand the medical principles behind all of this, the amount of education 
that our EMTs and our firefighters go through, I think is one thing that not a lot of people know about or, or appreciate because it is a continuous thing all the time, isn't it? It is. And if you look at it broke down yearly, our firefighters, the 15 of them go through about 5,000 hours of combined. Wow. So that's really what a big priority is in the job is maintaining those proficiencies uh, being that we are geographically isolated, and, and we may not realize that in Wyoming, but the, the next closest uh, staffed fire department is 100 miles away. Yeah. So we, we have nine different specialties that we're certified in. Each one of those can have up to five different levels of certification. There's continuing education requirements for all of them. There's standards that we, we must meet for ISO, which is insurance services offices, which helps set insurance rates throughout the community, um, NFPA requirements, state of Wyoming requirements, different hazmats, rescues, all of that. We are we are continually challenged to meet those proficiencies, you know, really based on the isolation that that we're the ones that are coming quickly. So we want to maintain those proficiencies. Absolutely, uh, you know, kind of. Still, uh, still a bit on the frontier, I guess you could say, out here on our own a little bit. A little bit, and and we, you know, we have uh, multiple fire districts that surround us, and and wonderful individuals that dedicate a tremendous amount of time to volunteering to help their community, um, and, and we work together with those organizations to make sure that countywide citizens are are receiving whatever they need in emergency response. A big team. Big team. A big team. Uh, well, I greatly appreciate you being here, and it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. Uh, I think you and I had a phone conversation I th- maybe about a year ago, two years ago, and that pertains to a subject that we'll get to here in a little bit. Now, Mr. Mayor, the Thrive 2035 Community Review Report has been released to the public. Can you give us a quick summary on those findings? Yeah, just basically the highlight of that probably would be that after all was said and done, um, people really wanted to um, have growth, but they wanted they, they didn't necessarily want it to be rapid or expansive. They wanted it to be controlled and regulated and intentional. And so that was one of the big things that they mentioned. They mentioned a lot about the college and the trade programs out there and how they'd like to see those expand and continue to uh, offer those sort of trade jobs uh, for those students. And then they also spoke about downtown and how they let, they really enjoyed the main street because it's quite a unique uh, situation for our community, really. And then they spoke to such things as health concerns, such as mental health and those sort of things that were that were important to them. So they ran a gamut, basically. So yeah. it was a little bit of everything. Yeah, it really does kind of sound like a, just a bucket full of ideas going forward. Right. Uh, uh, what actions can the city take in, in certain aspects of that like mental health and well obviously you know that falls into the realm of other play of other uh other stakeholders institutions but just the awareness that it's there and so that sort of thing and of course we have a lot to do with main street and those sort of things and amenities and then as far as housing you know that comes into zoning and that sort of thing so that there again that plan growth comes in with that idea of where how do we zone stuff so that it fits Mm -hmm. the community now uh Sheridan Media does have a link to that report with a story at SheridanMedia.com. You want to take a look at that. It's there. Uh, I was I was peeking at it this morning. Um, it's thorough. It's efficient. And it shows the concerns 
And I would dare use the word desires of individuals here within yeah, within shared. But I think overall the theme there was that the ones I did was that people just really enjoyed the community and they kind of wanted to see it stay that uniqueness that it has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's always such a, a really hard dichotomy. It is. Um, yeah. You know, you want it to stay the same. But, uh, you know, those who know, know that if a city's not growing, it's dying. That's right. You know, you cannot, there's no stay in place forever, stasis kind of thing. You're right. You're either expanding and you're continuing to grow and be healthy or you're dying and and that's not a good situation. So that steady continued growth is a good thing. When it comes to controlled growth, is this a lot of work with your planning and zoning folks, your Sheridan of count or Sheridan County commissioners? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, the county zones their own stuff the way they they see fit, and of course the city does the same thing. And then it comes into things like annexations. You know, uh, is it wise to annex a certain part of the city and make it become part of the city and that sort of thing? So, it's it's a constantly dynamic moving thing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, uh, driving through Sheridan, I would say that we we do have a lot of room to expand up there in the north side. We have a lot, and there's actually a lot of growth going on out there, and and most of those lots have already been sold. They just haven't been utilized. So no construction yet, but they are purchased. By yeah, the majority of them are. Wow, and that's so, interesting. And now we're talking about an annexation possibly on the east side of town. So that'll be like another 200 and some acres that want to be annexed into the city. So um it's always a dynamic situation it really is and yeah. and when it comes to that east side uh is there any intention for that uh, you know they regarding have zoning yeah they've talked about what they want to do with it it's primarily they want to do housing and then um some other light industrial kind of stuff but there's no hard plans yet it's just right now it's just getting it annexed in nothing set in stone as nothing set in stone <laughs> you know i kind of like that that way ideas are still on the table right. and we can still have that uh, discussion going forward. Right. All right. And speaking of discussion, we will speak on the upcoming Main Street project, potholes, liquor licenses, and more when we return with the mayor and the chief of Sheridan Fire and Rescue. After this, this is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan County Justice Office will be receiving these funds for her random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Brackleton's Fine Food and Spirits invites you to enjoy our lunch menu with popular choices like our ahi tuna bowl with ahi tuna, soy marinade, peanuts and scallions, wonton chips, wasabi aioli, and sesame seeds. Or our turkey lettuce cups, Asian ground turkey, lettuce, cilantro, peanuts, hot sauce, or maybe our fish and frites, battered cod, shoestrings, and spicy slaw. Lunch at Brackleton's, where good food is good mood. On Main Street, downtown Sheridan. Our paint department is stocked up and ready to go. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. We're excited to help you with your next painting project. We have added the PPG line of paints along with our True Value paint line. 
This allows you so many new and exciting options for your next project. Whether you need help with customized color matching or choosing the right product, we're here to help. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. So what's wrong, Fido? Did Timmy fall down the well again? What? You mean you don't want this dog food? You want a different dog food? Okay, so you want Northwest Naturals Raw Diets for Dogs, sold locally only at the Health Nut? Wait, wait, you want some A-plus Answers Raw Goat Milk Formula with raw honey and organic cinnamon? And they have Northwest Naturals for cats, too? You guys stay right here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall right now. Hi, this is Christy Kingron with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about 343 North Main Street, an updated restaurant building with kitchen on the main street of Buffalo, Wyoming. High visibility with inside and outside dining, covered patio for summertime dining, and a large detached garage with two standard garage doors area for storage. The commercial kitchen is with the building. Call me, Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Download your favorite Shared Media radio station app to your smartphone. It's easy, and you can listen to your favorite station anytime and any place right from your phone. Type in sharedamedia.com forward slash app. Choose the station you want to download, select install, wait for the app to download. Listen to your favorite Shared Media radio station anywhere, anyplace, anytime. SheridanMedia.com forward slash app. SheridanMedia.com forward slash app. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guests this morning are the mayor of Sheridan, Rich Bridger, and the chief of Sheridan Fire and Rescue, Gary Harnish. The long-awaited Main Street resurfacing and utility project is set to begin in early April. This is something we've been preparing for for quite some time, Mr. Mayor. A lot of plannings and meetings on this project. There really has been. I mean, this has been going on an ongoing thing for now almost a year where they've had meetings uh, downtown with the merchants and with the public as well, just to let them know it was coming. The plans have been reviewed several times now as well, so people can come in and kind of see the plans and see the the schedule of events, so to speak. And so um, it comes as no surprise to anyone. Um, if you didn't know about it, I'm, I would be surprised because... Got your head in a hole somewhere, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and then I... You know as much as I do, but I heard April third was their start date. It was that that's what the sign downtown. So. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping to see shovels in the ground about that time yeah. or whatever other prep that they need yeah. to get done. Uh, now, I, was the last meeting the one held on March seventh? Was that kind of the last uh, taking comments or presenting the game plan as we know it? You know, uh, I'm going to say yes, but I'm not really quite honest on dates. So. Yeah. But yeah, they, they went over the final plans and schedule of events, so to speak, and where they would start out. And they're going to go at like a rolling start. So it's going to go two or three blocks at a time. And then so you'll still have access to Main Street. The sidewalks will still all be open. We're going to try to do some creative parking on the side streets where we have the room. But we basically create like diagonal parking. So we, you can get more cars on those side streets to kind of help the merchants out. And like I said, Main Street's going to be open as well, or the sidewalks on Main Street are all going to be open as well. And then we're looking at doing some sort of a, 
a drawing every week if you go to those downtown merchants and and you put your name in the hat for uh, chamber bucks. So just something to keep people coming downtown, not afraid to come downtown and shop, basically. Yeah, so. yeah you know, uh, that's one thing that I, my wife and I absolutely love to do is, mm-hmm. is shop downtown. And we've got our favorite stores down there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll admit it, you know, we're not really that worried uh, in regards to access to those stores. I know the game plan. I'm, I'm comfortable with the game plan. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything else that the city, the DSA, the chamber can do to make those stores more accessible. No, and that's true. And if you look at off-site park or off-main street parking, there's parking lots on both sides. So um, parking, you might, you might have to walk a little bit, but it's not going to be horrendous. You aren't going to be five blocks away and hoofing it kind of thing. Well, so. and at the same time, you know, uh, um, and and all all respect to those individuals who who may have uh, a, a disability or an injury, and it's tough to get around. I understand that, but yeah. I think just walking downtown is a good thing. Yeah, I do too. I, I enjoy just going downtown. I like window shopping. Yeah, yeah, and just cruising around. Yeah, some mm-hmm. of those window displays down there. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, some of them are really great. You just... I agree. Some, you know, my daughter works down on Main Street when she's not doing National Guard stuff, and so I'll go down there quite often, just walk through the stores, that kind of stuff. So it's absolutely, nice. I was down there uh, just well, last night, as a matter of fact, and uh, got to know one of uh, one of our store owners pretty well. Lovely woman who owns yeah. uh, the flower shop. Oh, down there. cool! So it's absolutely great. Um, now. How is the uh, drawing going to work out exactly? Do we have a game plan for that, or are there still discussions? Because this is a drawing for Chamber Bucks, right? Sponsored by the Chamber and the DSA and the city, kind of right. all coming together. How's that going to work? Do we know? Well, in my grand scheme of things, uh, I could be totally wrong, but I'm just seeing it as a fairly simple thing where you just have a, 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 a container to throw your name in. You go into the store, you write your name down, number throw it into the hat, so to speak, and, and every week we just draw for a name. And those are, uh, the the week that the drawings will be done will be in stores that are on the blocks that are being Correct, yes. Just to get people some incentive to come downtown again, you know, not being afraid to to venture out and come into the construction area. And, and you know, sometimes those... Uh, Construction areas aren't too bad. I mean, they're going to have those sealed off. It's going to be plenty safe. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have side barriers, of course, you know, to keep people off the construction area. And like I said, the sidewalks will be open. They're not going to do anything to the sidewalks, really. And so you just have access to the sidewalks and 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 stay off the street. <laughs> now, the utilities that are underneath that are going to be worked on by the city, uh, are those majority electricity... No, it's, it's utilities, it's water and sewer primarily. I mean, the last time those were done were back in the 70s. So it's been a good 50 years since those have been touched. And it's the old, the sewers, all the old vitreous clay. Uh, oh, sewers wow. Tough. So it, it, it's just time. It needs to be changed out. We're going to redo the water a little bit so that, um, we have water. On, basically, we have a singular water line going down Main Street now, and we're going to split that so we have water lines on both sides. So just stuff like that, and we're going to provide some uh, flow, water flow so we can have uh, fire protection, right, Chief? Absolutely. And so if they want that, they can work with their upstairs. If they want to do, like, apartments and stuff, they'll have adequate fire flow for that. So it's a, it'll be a good thing when it's all done. And, uh, Chief, when it comes to that fire protection, I'm, I'm sure that's something that you love to hear when people are like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to tap in. I'm going to put an apartment up here and uh, put some fire suppression in the building. Absolutely. We, we love to see those additions of sprinkler systems uh, throughout the community whenever possible. It's a continual concern for us about our historic downtown. We, we can see multiple examples around the region, Moorcroft, Bozeman, Mile City, uh, Dubois, different places that have lost substantial parts of their historic downtown areas, even Cheyenne due to large fires that occur. So by having the fire flow available, by having these additional water lines put in that, that the businesses can connect to when they remodel or, or decide to, to add to the system, helps us protect that historic Main Street. So uh, probably one of the things I've been most excited about in 25 years. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it just gives us a huge, huge advantage uh, with with everything goes right, the fire will be out when we get there and we'll turn the water off. Yeah, yeah. And and when it comes to the kind of the old way that we used to build those buildings, uh, so so close to each other, so side by side, that's not good for fire suppression. Well, they you know, they have the party walls and a lot of them have, you know, extensive masonry in them, but we have to, to consider that they were also built with rough cut lumber. So you look at a 120-year-old rough-cut uh, dimensional piece of lumber, it's splintered, it's dried, uh, it burns very well when it burns. So anything we can do to keep that from happening is an advantage for, for both the fire department, the community, and the downtown. Now, Chief, do you have any other kind of concerns or thoughts that you've spoken with the city in regard to when it comes to alternate routes that have been planned for our emergency services or uh hey, you know, I would like uh, maybe this or that done while we're in the water. You know, in, in, in all honesty, as far as the, the routing goes through the construction with, with this three-block-at-a-time layout, it decreases that challenge for us. I mean, we, we know for, you know, X amount of time that these side streets aren't available or we'll have to use this route to get to, to this particular area. So it decreases the challenge of having it look different every day. Mm -hmm. uh, but but this is something that we continually do whenever there's any construction program going on, you know, whether it be the Smith Street rebuild, the Laux rebuild, uh, North Main, we, we continually have our crews out there and they're watching what's going on so they know how to get where they're going without coming into that dead end with a track hoe in front of them. Absolutely. Now, I just off the top of my head, I'm not totally sure how the Hose system, hydrant system works downtown. Do we have those accesses on the signs of buildings down there? Or, 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 And I can't remember seeing a hydrant on Main Street. So Main Street is very well hydranted. Um, when you look, if you look on the east side of Main Street, you see a hydrant every block. Oh, fantastic. So we're good. Um, the part we're talking about that this will be the addition is being able to put sprinkler systems throughout the buildings. Uh, and you see many buildings with examples of sprinkler system go to go into city hall uh, when, when you have a date night and come to a city council meeting you can look up at the ceiling and see the building is sprinkled and and fire protection is uh, greatly enhanced by that now chief i know you're not a, a sprinkler suppression system salesman but is this does this tend to be expensive or kind of moderate in price for a business owner to say you know what i want to get one of those so my understanding, and again, I have never personally installed one or, or actually been involved with that because it is done through contractors, but um, my understanding is, say you're building a new home, that a lot of the trade-offs that can occur 
can come out equal or maybe even save you a little bit of money if you added that, oh, wow. that suppression system as you build a home. Wow. So this uh, may, well, not only save your business and maybe a, an apartment upstairs, but uh, might even be cost effective to do so. I, I, I believe that. And probably drop insurance price. It, it can. Um, probably the biggest hurdle we have with sprinkler systems is Hollywood. When, when you watch a movie TV show and somebody runs over and pulls the pull station alarm as they run out the door, every sprinkler magically dumps water out of it in the building. That's, that's not how these work. Um, each sprinkler head has a fusible link, and it has to be heated to a certain temperature before that specific sprinkler will release any water. has nothing to do with the pull station or, or anything we see in Hollywood. So I think they get a bad rap by thinking the entire building's going to be drenched. You're going to flood everything, right? Yeah. And, and that's just not the way they're engineered or, or they work. Fascinating. Yeah. I, now I do know about the, it's like a little piece of glass inside those little sprinklers. So, some it? of them have glass bulbs and some of them have a metal fusible link in them, but, but they all operate the same way. They're, they're rated for a certain temperature. It may be 135, 145 on up degrees. And when they're heated to that, then they release and open a valve that lets the water out. So it is very area specific. We don't have yes. to worry about anything flooding. Uh, well, maybe a little bit, well, but uh, not the whole building. Sure. And, and if, if we think about it, w- would you rather have a single sprinkler head put out a small fire or have my guys drag in a hose that puts out 200 plus gallons a minute to put out <laughs> the same fire that's been allowed to grow for five minutes while we get there? Um, we believe generally the damage is much less Yeah, if it's put out by a sprinkler system. Yeah. You guys are effective. <laughs> very effective and good at their job and their job is to put out that fire uh now uh moving on to the next project army corps of engineers 1135 project this is a general investigation study uh mr mayor what does this project entail primarily what we're talking about here is the shoots down on main street and the replacement of those shoots and so They've done their general investigation, and at some point then they come out with a cost estimate on it. And then um, if they approve or disapprove, and then we have to go see if we can find federal funding. So um, it's just a process. But So we're the ones who are going to end up having to pay for that. Though. Well, hopefully there's federal funding out there for it. So, But some of it's going to come out, going to come out of our pocket, I'm quite sure of that. And it's not a cheap process. So um, if you're going to do it... Um, it's, it's quite an undertaking. Yeah. And these shoots, uh, uh, what is their primary purpose? Well, if you look at old photos of, of, of Sheridan, you can see the, the creek ash used to break bank and, and kind of flow almost where the YMCA is at right now. Oh, really? Yeah. So and they rerouted that whole stream system and brought it down into the current configuration it is in now. And those shoots are kind of like the 100-year flood shoots. So... If you had a, the worst flood you could happen, possibly have in 100 years, those chutes could handle that so you wouldn't get flooding downtown. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, speaking of flooding on that same mark, uh, individuals uh, should probably start taking steps as soon as possible to prepare for the hydration that may be coming well, off the Well, yeah, you know, year. I'm hoping that it's not that we don't have a suddenly have 80-degree days and we have just this deluge of water coming down the stream. That's my biggest fear is an instant heat wave yeah. after the snow. You know, and that being said, I know the county has sandbags available. We have sandbags available. If you think you might need some, um, uh, we can supply those. Or like I said, the county has them as well. 
So. And, you know, uh, I believe it was uh, the sheriff, maybe the county commissioners who were in here, we were talking. You know, just stop and buy, maybe fill four or five sandbags a day, throw yeah. them in the back of the truck, take them to the house. By the time everything starts really kicking off, you'll be ready to go. Yeah. And uh, while you're there, maybe fill up two or three more. Just keep them off to the side for the next individual. Yeah, that's always nice if you can help out. You yeah, know, a lot certainly. of a lot of senior citizens in our community. Yeah. Uh, they can't be out there filling sandbags, and yeah. I'm sure they live on the same floodplain we do. And uh, of course, if you you know if you know if you're in the floodplain, I mean, so um, just be cautious and be out and be aware. Yeah, so that's about all there is to that one. Now, everyone's favorite season, pothole season, is also here. We don't uh, say the p word. So. <laughs> <laughs> what what do we need to know, Mister Mayor? We have a lot of them. That's what we need to know. It's been a long, hard winter and, and, you know, expansion and contraction and frost and us going out with our plows every day, plowing roads. We, we have quite a few potholes and we're aware that we have those potholes. And so we're actually going to hire a company to sort of help us this year, this spring, and plus what the city can do as well. Um, and so that's one of the things that we're doing right now is we're just gearing up for that. And we have a heated, a heated bunker essentially, so we can have we can start earlier with our asphalt and our pothole repair. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you know it has to melt, and we got to get some of this snow off the ground. So it's not going to be something that's going to be instantaneous. But we're aware, and we're going to get after it as soon as we can. It's got to be dry to fix, yeah. uh, and that's so tough when all of a sudden it's snowstorm after snowstorm yeah. and, and event after an event. Uh, you know, city crews. I want people to know, city crews. Uh, and I'm sure county crews right along with them have removed three times the amount of snow as an average year in this town. Oh, I know. It's just been crazy. Three it's, times. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And that, again, just that all the grinding on those streets and then the the, the cold followed by the heat and the cold. It's just... There's potholes everywhere. It's the perfect storm for a pothole. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little while to recover, but we will get recovered. Yeah, and if you go to, like, there's an app store and get Connect Sheridan, you can actually take a picture of those potholes and it'll geosync it. And so we know where those are at um, because there's a lot of them. And so you have some knowledge of... I can tell you where all mine are when I'm going home. I know where all the potholes are at. <laughs> you do the duck and weave enough. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it starts to commit to memory, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Now, uh, when it comes to that Connect Sheridan, that app does need updated. Do we have someone in City Hall who can do that, or is that kind of contracted out? Um, you're talking to the wrong guy when it comes to that sort of thing, so... Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll try and figure that out. Who's who's the individual who can help us there? Now, moving on down the line, liquor licenses. Uh, we're going to get some more? Yeah. Um, booze licenses are my bane. It seems like that's all I've done over <laughs> the course of my career here with the city is is talk about liquor licenses. But, yeah, we're going to, we have uh, a couple bar and grills coming back to us. And we're getting four additional barn grills uh, in July, so we'll have six barn grills available for um, people to put in for, submit to for. And so um, those, if somebody quits in their barn grill and they decide they don't want to do it anymore, those come back to us. But full retail liquor licenses, those are like a commodity almost, the way the state has those set up. So uh, if I'm if I have a full retail liquor license and I decide that I don't want to have it anymore i can turn around and sell it like a commodity mm-hmm. and so and they're quite valuable so that being said we don't really have any full retail liquor licenses but we do have a lot of bar and grills coming our way 
And those bar and grills, that's primarily like uh, you're heading in for dinner. They can serve like malt beverage. Yeah, you know, they've changed it just a little bit. They can serve uh, all kinds of alcohol, but it has to be 60-40, so it has to be 60% uh, food, 40% Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it now all depends on yeah, sales. And that's the other thing. They've changed it now, so we have to look at our liquor licenses because uh, in the legislative, this last legislative session, they said that the 40% doesn't necessarily have to be all liquor. It can be liquor and entertainment. And so I don't know. We got to decide what we consider entertainment. Yeah. And and so uh, we're looking at that ourselves. So we have formed our liquor committee and they're going to look at all that and our current liquor licenses and how we need to change them. And so, Again, we're back to talking about booze. Yeah. (laughs) Something that it looks like you're you're quite fond of doing. (laughs) All right. Uh, We're going to have more with the mayor and the chief of Sheridan Fire and Rescue after this. Stay with us. This is Public Pulse on 930 KRWE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan County Justice Office will be receiving these funds for her random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with RAP Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Dan Marshall here with Captain Clean. Your heating and cooling system are the lungs of your home or business, taking air in and breathing it out, directly affecting your indoor air quality. Normal day-to-day activity generates lots of contaminants and air pollutants such as dander, dust, and chemicals. Call today for your free HVAC cleaning estimate. It's 100% free, and nobody has the equipment or expertise to clean HVAC like we do. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726. Affordable choices for healthy living. Have you driven by the lot of Waring Sheridan Chevrolet? The change in ownership has opened up a flood of new and used inventory. Waring Chevrolet is busting at the seams in new and used cars, trucks, SUVs of all makes and models. Inventory is back on the lot and arriving weekly. Best of all, the same great sales, service, parts, and body shop team is there to help. New ownership, same great team, unbelievable inventory. Waring Sheridan Chevrolet, 107 East Alger, open Monday through Friday, 730 to 530, Saturdays till 4. 
The 67th Army Band, Wyoming Zone, invites you and your family to a great evening of music Tuesday, April 4th, 7.30 p.m. in the Whitney Center for the Arts. This family-friendly event is free and open to the public and celebrates the spirit of America's favorite hit tunes. So put it on your calendar. The 67th Army Band, Wyoming Zone, 7.30 p.m. Tuesday, April 4th at Sheridan College's Whitney Center for the Arts. Sponsored in part by your friends at Sheridan Media. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by our friends out at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guests this morning are the mayor of Sheridan, Rich Bridger, and chief of the Sheridan Fire and Rescue, Gary Harnish. Now, some people use the changing seasons as a reminder to check and change the batteries in our smoke detectors. Some people just wait until the beep drives them to the task. Uh, But there are residents who cannot get this job done due to age, illness, or disability. Chief, I don't think uh, I have to remind too many people, but uh, how important is this task? So in the fire service, we'll continue to remind people that a working smoke detector in your home, actually several of them, uh, increase your chance more than anything of escaping a fire. So uh, throughout the fire service, at least throughout the last 26 years, it's, it's been a common theme, change your clock, change your batteries. Helps us remember every time we have to change that clock, it's time to change the batteries in your smoke detectors. Uh, what we found in our community is uh, we have people that aren't able to do that, just as you've mentioned. And our fire crews are more than happy with a phone call to come up and we will help anybody change the batteries Anybody within the city limits, the districts help when when we get outside the city limits. But uh, we know the biggest thing that will help save somebody's life is that working smoke detector. So uh, more than happy to climb that ladder. You've seen some of the modern construction now where we've got 16-foot ceilings and, you know, grandma and grandpa live in the house. And so twofold, they don't want to climb the ladder. We don't want them climbing the ladder, but we want them to, to have that working smoke detector. Throughout this uh, endeavor of, of, of getting this word out, um, we, we've actually become kind of a parade through some of our, our neighborhoods. Uh, Falcon Ridge up near the airport, we, we usually get set up and we'll do half a dozen or more, and then other people will come out of their houses, hey, come over and help us change <laughs> and, uh, you know, So it's just one of those things. That it's, it's great community relations. It's great for the safety of our community. Um, it, it's... I, I just can't find a downside to it. Yeah. Now, along with that, we've developed uh, a relationship with Red Cross where they provide us with smoke detectors. So if, if you are unable to afford smoke detectors in your home, give a call down to the fire station and we will make an appointment to come install those smoke detectors. Now, people always ask us, you know, where should they be? So you should have one in every sleeping room and at least one on every floor of your home. Now, along with smoke detectors comes carbon monoxide. So carbon monoxide, you can't see it, can't smell it, don't know it's there until your alarm goes off. So any home that has any kind of appliance that burns fuel, so unless you're on complete electric, uh, but then if you have an attached garage, we're still going to advocate for that uh, carbon monoxide alarm. And those, again, we want one on every floor, and we really prefer one in your sleeping area. Um, when we're at home, we spend most of our time asleep. Yeah. Uh, 
I've heard people say, well, I'll, I'll wake up if I smell a fire. You don't, you don't smell when you're sleeping. And with new construction techniques, uh, modern furnishings, when a home does burn, it burns much faster than it did in my grandparents' era. So we used to, you know, be taught, well, you can have up to 15 minutes to escape a house fire. Modern construction and modern furnishings, uh, there's all sorts of YouTube videos out there that compare the two and how fast they burn. And a room can reach flashover in under four minutes at this point in, in modern furnishings. Wow. They just put off that much more BTU than the, you know, the classic wood furnishings, natural products. Now, um, um, Chief, for those who may not know, flashover. The- so a flashover is, is one of the things that uh, we're constantly concerned about where, where that fire growth is. And so what a flashover is, is when everything within a contained area, so think a room, uh, reaches its ignition temperature at the same time and the room actually flashes with fire. At that point, that becomes, uh, when we're in full fire gear, we have about 10 seconds. So if, wow. if you're not geared up and ready to go, it's, it's not a survivable event. And the whole reason we put the smoke detector on the ceiling is that's the first place the smoke goes and gives you the longest notice that it's time to get out of your house. Absolutely. Uh, I've seen videos of this flashover. Uh, folks, it, it is a terrifying event. Everything in the room just gets so hot that it bursts into flames. Everything. Yes. It's, it's, it's amazing to see. Um, and it, it is one of those situations. It's not really uh, survivable. It's... It's done. So make sure that you've got those uh, fire detectors in, or excuse me, smoke detectors in your home. If you don't, uh, Chief, uh, what are the numbers that they need to call to, to join that program? Oh, boy, put me on the spot. It's always on that speed dial on my cell phone. Uh, 674-7244 or 672-6126. Perfect. Now, it, another issue is fire stop this is a great little device for individuals who depend on oxygen so this is part of the state of wyoming fire marshal's office community risk reduction initiatives so they study the the fire problem throughout the state so each department um, does national incident reporting which is a standardized report the state fire marshal is able to review those reports for trends And one of the trends, and I think we're looking at about three years ago now, that was recognized by the state fire marshal's office was that we have a lot of deaths that are due to fires while being on home oxygen. So they started doing some research. I mean, this is the state of Wyoming doing cutting-edge stuff right now, in all honesty. And they found out in a lot of European countries, when you get placed on home oxygen, there's a device that goes in line on the oxygen tubing that will actually sense the fire and shut the oxygen off, um, you know, basically in the area of the human to, to keep them from catching fire. So the, the state of Wyoming fire marshal's office put out a grant and I can't remember specifically where it came from, but they went after a grant and they were able to receive, uh, a pile. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know the, the number, but quite a few, they, a lot of these devices and they, they reached out to every fire EMS, home nursing throughout the state, and we're looking for opportunities to place these devices on people with with oxygen. 
And so, uh, again, just like the smoke detector, all it takes is if, if you know somebody who's on home oxygen, especially if you know somebody that's on home oxygen and smokes, give the fire department a call. We come install these free. Um, you know, our, our goal is to keep the bad thing from happening. Uh, the really neat thing about this program, uh, again, started in rural Wyoming. Many states have followed suit. Oh, wow. So this is, is becoming Good. more of a thing throughout the United States right now. And I, I think the ultimate goal would be eventually anybody that's placed on home oxygen would be sent home with one of these. Just devices. automatically, yeah. right? Yeah. Just, just be part of the system. It's not yet, but we're going to continue to work towards that goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm, I'm with you on that one, Chief. I think that should just be standard. I mean, we issue the, the equipment for your auction to head you home, throw one of these little uh, fire stop devices on there as you're heading out the door. But folks, if you don't have one, make sure that you give the department a ring. Give them a call. They'll come, install one of these things on your oxygen, and uh, you'll feel a lot safer. Now, Chief, I don't have a lot of time left, but... Uh, I, I know we were going to talk briefly on, on the cause of residential fires. Uh, so let's just, I've got about two minutes. Let's touch on the number one cause of residential fires, Chief, and maybe we can cut down on those a little bit. All right. So the number one cause of residential fires is cooking fires. And often this is done by the multitasker. So, you know, the biggest thing we ask is when you're cooking Please concentrate on cooking. Cook. Uh, you know, throughout the United States, 192,000 cooking fires a year. Wow. Now, these can range from, you know, just burning the food in the pot, which is the best case scenario, of course, to full-fledged structure fires where you'd completely lose a home. Um, so keep an eye, be attentive when you're cooking is a big thing. Uh, when you're cooking with oil and you have a fire start, don't throw water on it. Put a, put a lid over the pan. Uh turn the heat off on the stove. Don't try and fight a fire that is between you and an exit. You know, get out of the home if you can. Call 911. We'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, we've got we've got very well-trained individuals who can come and help you and yes. that's what they do. Uh don't have so much pride. Uh they're there for a reason and and they'll help you out. Uh now Chief, Mayor, I want to thank you both so much for taking so much time with us and going over all these issues. No, Floyd, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Chief, pleasure to meet you face-to-face, sir. Well, thank you for having me. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan County Justice Office will be receiving these funds for her random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Your locally owned McDonald's is looking for a general manager, owner, Larry Storrow. 
Bob, as general manager, you will be responsible for helping lead as well as hire and develop all employees. You will work with the management team to set goals and create a plan to achieve these goals. A background in quick service restaurants is strongly desired or experience in hospitality or retail. You will help guide the entire operation for success. Apply for this general manager position online at mchire.com. That's mchire.com. It's the final week of Moss Holder's bedroom sale. For just a few more days, save on every bed, dresser, chest, and nightstand. Choose from solid wood sets, perfect for a master bedroom, or find a less expensive option, ideal for a child's room or a rarely used guest bedroom. In stock or special order, every bedroom purchase receives a discount at Moss Holder's. Whether you need a twin size, a king size, or just additional bedroom storage, now's the perfect time to shop. That's Moss Holder's bedroom sale, ending this Saturday. Moss Holder's, furniture is our passion. Have you been online to the Sheridan Commercial Company office supply website? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. SheridanCommercial.com will allow you to explore and compare prices with other national brands. We offer delivery or in-store pickup. Over 41,000 items are available by going online at SheridanCommercial.com. That's SheridanCommercial.com. Plus, we carry a line of supplies in our store for your everyday needs. The Sheridan Commercial Company, Office Supply Department at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Cowboy football fans, season tickets are on sale now for the 2023 season. The season schedule features the home opener against Texas Tech, along with conference matchups against Colorado State, Fresno State, New Mexico, and Hawaii. Season tickets start at just $170, so don't miss any of the action as the Cowboys return to War Memorial Stadium this fall. Renew or purchase your season tickets today at GoWIL.com. Slash tickets or call 307-766-7220. Are you looking for great deals on quality items? Then look no further than Hot Buys going on over on SheridanMedia.com right now. Starting at half off of retail value, you can bid on a wide range of items, including certificates for automotive accessories, household cleaning, restaurants, cosmetics, and a bunch more. But hurry, the auction ends at 8 p.m. tonight. Don't miss out on your chance to snag amazing deals. So head on over to SheridanMedia.com, click on the Hot Buys banner, and start your bidding now. 103.9 FM is News Talk 930. KROE, Sheridan. KROE, Sheridan. 